0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome back to another episode of the Gnarly 90s Podcast. And just like last time, you've got Mickey here and Jeff. Hello. And for this, it's only our second episode, but we're calling it a special episode because joining us is my longtime podcast partner, the Alabama brother from a different mother, the uh, puppet master at Rediscover the 80s. Normally, he spends all his time in the 80s, but tonight he's joining us for a trip to the 90s. Mr. Jason, how are you?
1: Hey, doing fine. Just couldn't keep me away, man.
0: (laughs) No, I'd like to have you involved all the time, but you're more eighty centric than 90s, so we're having to fly this one just uh, Jeff and I more times than not. Well, we're happy to have you, Jason.
1: I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, it's like old home week for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did live through the 90s, so, I mean, it's not my favorite decade, but I, I had my share of experiences.
0: Yeah, and people listening, you can search out on your podcast app for the Time Machine podcast. There were several episodes that Jason and I dallied in nothing but the 90s. Yeah. So if uh, 90s is your thing and hearing Jason and I interact together is your thing, then go back and search those out too when you're done with this one. But we got to get through this one first. And for this episode, we're going back to 1993, looking at the year as a whole. So we're going to be uh, reminiscing about the major news events and sports and TV shows and as uh, Elaine would say, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Uh, Jeff and I divided up the topics and if you guys are ready to get started, we'll kick off with the news and events of 1993 and see uh, what memories these events spur. Let's do it.
1: Yep, let's do it, man.
0: All right. January 20th, the 42nd President of the United States, Bill Clinton, is sworn into office. Slick Willie. That's it. I remember the run-up to that more than the inauguration. You know, the three-horse race with and Bush, and Ross Perot. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I was nine, so I don't remember much. But (laughs) uh, I do remember Ross Perot with his um, paid advertising that would take up a whole block of time on network tv i do remember that i don't remember what show he uh took over that i wanted to watch but i do remember going what is this
0: well being nine you were probably too young to fully grasp the full comedic value of having ross perot in the race
2: oh definitely
0: (laughs) so uh february 26th One of the bigger events in 1993, six people died and over a thousand people were injured when a bomb is detonated at the World Trade Center in New York City. Mm. And of course, it would get much later, much worse, eight years later in 2001. But I can remember riding somewhere with my brother when that come across the news and we turned around and went home and sat down in front of CNN that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember it uh, being a big story. I don't remember specifically sitting down and, you know, like being appointment television or anything right after it happened, but I remember it just dominating the news for weeks, it seemed like.
2: Yeah, and I grew up uh, 30 minutes north of New York City, so it was pretty big news where I grew up. Um, Again, at nine, I wasn't really paying attention to the news, but it was something my parents talked about. It was something that was in the paper, it was something that was on tv all the time just being so close to the city all the time and like mickey said obviously eight years later was a lot worse but uh it's definitely something i remember dominating the news cycle for a long time
0: well we just we weren't far from home that day but when it came across the radio it had just happened or just happened as back in the, the way news traveled then it probably 15 minutes or so before we heard about it but so we just turned around and went home and see what was going on and and uh, stayed glued to it that day. Uh, one that Jason and I have discussed before, March 13th, a cyclonic storm over the Mexican Gulf causes the great blizzard of 1993 oh, to strike yeah. the US. Record low temperatures and snowfall are seen stretching from Cuba to Quebec. Look at this storm system in the developing stages and we'd be talking about some very heavy snows that have already been dumped across Alabama all the way up in areas of New York State. We're talking well over a foot, and that's created some major problems across that area. Again, paralyzing much of the region from Atlanta all the way up into Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and even New York City. Uh, Boston area reported some snow thunderstorms with heavy snow accumulations during the co- course of the afternoon. Let's zero in on this storm and talk about the extreme low pressure. In fact, this uh, storm has a characteristics of almost like a wintertime hurricane. Very. Uh, I related the story before, but my best friend at the time, his house burnt to the ground. Uh, during this storm the weight of the snow on the roof caused it to collapse a little which broke some of the wiring in the attic and set the house on fire and the fire department couldn't get close enough to it to put it out because of the snow packed on the road Ugh.
2: it's one of my greatest fears <laughs> but uh i actually uh, not to change topic but uh back to the blizzard i remember having i think three or four days off of school in a row and this the snow was actually taller than I was in some parts that uh, we were able to build little igloos and climb into them. Um, that's how much snow we got just in the New York area.
0: You only had three or four days off from one of the biggest blizzards of the last six <laughs> decades.
2: Yeah, pretty much. It wasn't. That's how we uh, do it in the North, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, was well, snow, two hour school delay. Yeah. I
2: think it, it was started, also close to a weekend too. So I think they tacked it the weekend
1: was so on. on the weekend.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was. It started here in the Appalachians on uh, Friday evening and we didn't go to school the whole following week. Oh, wow. So. But you got to think like, too, the drifts uh, were so bad here in, in the yeah. mountain regions where we live. Oh yeah. We had a six foot fence that it drifted over the fence and across the road. And <laughs> it was, it took a while to dig out.
1: That's <laughs> what I remember. The drifts, it had drifted over our car. It, we could just see the roof of it. It was so high and the snow piled up. I remember climbing this huge snow pile and just dropping my basketball into my hoop out in the driveway. Just (laughs) crazy, crazy amounts of snow. Just this week, I read a story that the blizzard of 93 uh, caused Carrot Top to lose all of his props in a fire. (laughs) He was in – it was actually in Birmingham, I believe, and I want to say it was at a comedy club or something. The comedy club caught on fire and all of his little props. Remember, he always, like, drugged, like, three trunks around to each show full of just crazy stuff, all burnt. So (laughs) he had to get new stuff after the blizzard of 93.
2: Hmm. Actually, another thought just popped in my head. Um, Let's just say our garage – uh, our garage had a flat roof and let's just say it's about 12 feet. Well, the snow drift was probably about eight and a half, nine feet. And my dad actually let us jump off the roof into the <laughs> snow, which I'm sure now if my parents listen to this, uh, he'll be in a little trouble, but uh, <laughs> it's one of the few times they encouraged me to jump off the roof.
0: Um, April 19th, the 51 day standoff between the FBI and the Branch Davidian complex, David Koresh and his cult oh, in gosh. Waco, Ended when members within the compound set the buildings on fire. 76 people inside, including David Koresh, died in the blaze. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, I remember watching that one on CNN, too, with my mom that
1: day. I do remember that as well. It's glued to the TV.
0: Mm. Um, what else do we have here? So, April 30th. Number one ranked tennis player in the world, Monica Sellis, was in a match against Magdalena Maliva. Uh, during a break, a spectator ran onto the court and stabbed Sellis in the back. She was rushed to the hospital, recovered from her injuries. Uh, she didn't play professionally again for a couple of years after that. <laughs> I remember that being a big deal, too, on ESPN. Yeah, I
2: remember that on SportsCenter all the time
0: uh and you may wonder folks listening while we're jumping from april to august there are a few events we're not going to cover here and we'll tell you how to hear about those towards the end of the show but august 1st the great flood of 1993 came to its peak and it started like in april or may of that year but uh when the mississippi and missouri rivers both flooded and pretty well all the prairie land between the two of them flooded Hmm. that was uh The first utterances of the phrase El Nino that I remember hearing.
1: Okay. Okay. El Nino. El
0: Nino. That would be a great masked wrestler name. (laughs) Uh, October 31st, 27-year-old River Phoenix died on the sidewalk outside of the popular West Hollywood nightclub, The Viper Room. Cause of death was ruled a drug overdose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Have either of so you I guys do. watched that series uh, from Vice? It's on Hulu. Uh, Dark Side of the '90s. No, they, no. They do a whole episode on this. Oh, well, you guys need to check that series out. It's on Hulu, especially you, Jeff, being the '90s kid. Uh, every episode is '90s centric, but that uh, they go into depth about what the Viper Room was and Johnny Depp owned the Viper Room and created paparazzi really cool concept but this right here pretty well led to the end of it
2: hmm. is that from the same people that do dark side of the ring it is it's the same type of
0: series Oh, okay just i'll definitely you know check about that then. variety of 90s topics
2: yeah
0: uh, and then december 8th bill clinton signs into law the north american free trade agreement or as we call it nafta removing the trade barriers between canada mexico and the united states and things have been all downhill ever since. <laughs> I was going to say no comment. <laughs> um, I don't have a date assigned to this one, but just the month of December. Uh, 1993, the month of December, saw a much higher birth rate than previous years, mostly attributed to the blizzard of 1993 <laughs> from March of that year.
1: <laughs> that makes sense.
0: Uh, couldn't get out and go anywhere. Had to stay warm. A lot of babies born nine months later as a result. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So now getting to one of my most anticipated topics of this, turn it over to Jeff to take us through the movies of 1993. All right. So
2: this list is the top 10 uh, movies of 93 based on, uh, box Office Gross from uh, the website Box Office Mojo. Uh, again, to go back to, I was nine. So a lot of these are adult-centric movies. So I also have to turn in my retro card. I have not seen most of the movies on this list either. So, okay. yeah. So uh, I'm ready. Well, as for you go ret-
0: through them. <laughs> I'm ready as for repeating. you a go through them, you've got to tell us which ones you have and haven't seen as you read through them. All right.
2: Uh, number 10, A Few Good Men. Uh, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore. Um, I have not seen that one.
0: Weirdly enough, neither have I. What? I know. Oh, I know. my
1: gosh. Dude, that played on like TNT or TBS every weekend throughout the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> at least it seemed well, like it to me. But
0: In the 90s, I wasn't watching TNT. Remember, I had a descrambler.
1: Well, true. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. You guys need to at least sit down and, and make some time to watch it uh it's more of a drama you know courtroom drama um but just the the cast is unbelievable
0: Uh, it's actually high on my list to watch much sooner than later so
2: well and obviously the catchphrase you can't handle the truth is kind of part of our lexicon now so i know where that's from but i've never actually seen the movie (laughs) All right, number nine, Cliffhanger, with uh, Sylvester Stallone and John Lithgow. I have seen this. Uh, I did see it. Yeah, it was on uh, one of those PIX11 Saturday afternoon movies, uh, and uh, that's probably where I've seen it. But uh, other than, obviously, the scenes where he's climbing the cliff, um, which is not much of the movie, I don't remember much about it. Uh, You guys obviously have seen it. Jason, you liked
0: it?
1: We just got an emergency call A five climbers just ran off comb left.
0: I haven't climbed in months. You just lose the feel.
1: Maybe you mean the nerve.
0: So where's the helicopter? What the hell's going on? What are your names? Tucker and Walker. Well, Tucker and Walker, we're missing three bags. What's in them? None of your fucking business! Fuck! Where is the money?
1: This might be the first uh, rated R movie I saw in the theater. So this was my junior slash senior year of school. Like beginning of 93 was my junior, end of my junior year, beginning of my senior year. So I'm not even 18 yet. But our our local theater, just a two-screen theater, they would let us in and didn't care. So I remember a group of us from school going whenever weekend that that came out. I don't know if it was during the summer or something, but I don't know. It, a lot of people hate it, but I think it's wonderful. And I love John Lithgow as the main bad guy. He's so great in that movie. And I, I don't know. I think it's fun. I, I still can watch it. So
0: You, you say, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people don't like it. Cliffhanger is one of those great examples of just a pure popcorn movie. You know, the, the plot's not too heavy, but the action moves along. There's no real low point. You you know, it's, it's a popcorn movie. You sit down on the couch with a box of popcorn. Yeah. It's 90 minutes. It's a breeze to watch through. Exactly. And yeah. uh, it's just fun all the way through. Yeah. I love there's, it.
1: There's some twists and turns, too, as you're going through the movie. So, and, you know, sliced alone. Come on.
2: Right. right. And Stallone did a bunch of these popcorn movies in the 90s. I think it was 95 was Copland. That was a, I oh, love that
0: movie. I do too. Uh, That's more than a popcorn movie though. That movie's deep. I love yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. But it's
2: a so great movie, but it gets a bad rap. It's on like, or when I was a kid, it was on TV all the time, you know, heavily edited, obviously, but it, uh, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of like, perhaps it's because you said it's deep, but um, a lot of people think it's boring. I think it's a great movie.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. And you, you both guys know about my home theater setup here. I just recently, about three months ago, ordered uh, Cliffhanger on Blu-ray, and nice. uh, it is glorious in that kind of quality with the surround sound and the huge screen. Another thing Fantastic. I just
1: read this week is it's getting a 4K release later this year. Oh, so yeah,
2: very nice. Uh, Number eight is technically a 1992 film because it came out in November, but it still managed to earn 217 million during the year of 93 to make number eight. And that's Aladdin, the uh, animated series, Scott Winger, who is uh, Steve from full house and uh, Rob Williams got Gilbert Gottfried and so on. Um, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but uh, I must've wore out the VHS tape when I was a kid, (laughs) those old Disney clamshells. And uh yeah, I must have seen this movie a hundred times or so.
0: Never seen it.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I I never saw it in the theater, but like you, Jeff, I remember we had a VHS copy of it and it got played for several times in a row there when it came out to video. So just an uh, I mean, awesome performance by Robin Williams in that with the genie and a fun story.
2: I didn't see any of the sequels. I think they're up to six or seven now. But
1: <laughs> Like every movie.
2: <laughs> Plus the remake and the live action and the CGI. And
1: haven't, so. haven't gone down that rabbit hole. I no. probably won't
2: either. Leave the classics alone. That's yeah, what I no say. Kidding. Uh, number seven is another movie I haven't seen, but In the Line of Fire with uh, Clint Eastwood and John, John Malkovich.
1: Malkovich. Oh, gosh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, really fantastic. Yeah. That's one you need to seek out too, Jeff.
2: Add it to the list.
1: He's the, uh, uh, secret service agent. And John Malkovich is the one trying to assassinate the president. Renee Russo in that. Yeah.
0: And awesome. didn't, uh, it's been a long time since I watched it. Didn't, uh, another president die on Eastwood's watch like years before this
1: with JFK. Yeah. They, they, yeah, uh, yeah. they go back and, uh, photoshop him into uh, some pictures next to uh, jfk's limo yeah before photoshop was a thing but you know what i mean
0: and as we're yeah. recording this in mid-march for people listening but especially for jeff for the last couple months it's been across all the free streaming services so there's no reason to not check it out soon in the line of fire gotcha mm-hmm.
2: uh six is another i haven't seen and uh as a nine-year-old i would hope Nine-year-olds <laughs> didn't get to see it, but indecent proposal. Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson. I have
0: seen I had it high once. hopes. Yeah. I had high once. hopes, but it fell kind of flat.
1: It was a rental, and that was the only time I've ever seen it.
0: Worth skipping. You're not missing anything. Yeah, uh, you're not missing it, anything.
1: Yeah, I'd skip it. All
2: right. Uh, number five is one we talked about on the last episode of the gnarly 90s was Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, It's easily my favorite Robin Williams movie that he's done. Uh, It's the one I've seen the most of. And um, yeah, we just watched it uh, about a month ago, right before we taped the first episode of the gnarly nineties. And uh, it still holds up. It's a great, funny movie.
0: I like the way he said, taped the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Old school.
1: The tape. Yeah. I saw that one in the theater. And it's one I have not revisited much over the years. I need to to go back and watch it again because I loved it when it came out from day one, and I remember renting it too a lot when it came out the video. So
0: it's been on my rewatch list. I just hadn't got around to it. I've probably not seen it in 20 years, though. But I liked it back in the day.
2: And number four, Sleepless in Seattle, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I have seen this one. Um, it's probably been 15 years or so. And actually I asked my wife just last night, I said uh, if she had seen it and she's never seen it. So it's on the top of our rewatch list or my rewatch list and her watch list.
0: I've never watched it either.
1: Uh, I've seen it uh, probably a couple of times.
2: It's It's a bit of a downer.
1: (laughs) It's not a, I mean, it's not just my genre of movies to watch and go back and rewatch, but it's, it's, it's fun.
2: Yeah, I remember liking it enough mm-hmm. to
0: want to watch it again. Yeah,
1: good acting, It's not, you
0: know, it's not my genre of movie either, but uh, I love just about everything I've ever seen Tom Hanks do. So I'm going to watch it at some point just for that factor. I want to see that Tom Hanks, but yeah, just no hurry to see it.
2: Mhm. Uh, next is The Firm with Tom Cruise and Gene Hackman. Never saw it.
0: And there's we're here at the peak of Tom Cruise's popularity. Yeah. Two top 10 movies in 93, 92 he had uh Far and Away did it come out I think it was 92. Uh big hit too. So I've never seen The Firm either.
1: I have seen it. It has been a while for this one too. Gosh, probably a couple of decades. So I just not one that I've gone back and watched. I'm not big of a courtroom drama person but once in a while, I'll get in a, a kick and start watching some of them, but I, I need to I need to revisit it.
2: Yeah, I'm not into courtroom stuff either, um, TV shows or movies. So it's it's on my watch list, but it's definitely not towards the top. Uh, the one I another one I have not seen is The Fugitive takes number two. Oh
1: man!
0: What? Yeah, definitely definitely need to watch TV. <laughs> yeah. a, a yeah. double feature of in the line of fire and the fugitive would be a great six hours of tv
1: and just go ahead and put us marshals right behind that if you haven't yes. seen that one either. okay i have
0: seen us marshals but i have okay. not seen
2: the fugitive Nope.
1: i actually prefer us marshals over the fugitive which might be blasphemy but no i, I do I too okay cool cool yeah. i love tommy lee jones as an actor but especially that character and his whole team that surrounds him, which is in both movies. Uh, it's, it's so much fun, the interaction between them. And th- did this win Best Picture? Or maybe it was Timely Lee Jones that won for Best Supporting Actor that year. But I, I was thinking it was a big Oscar movie that year. And uh, oh, it's just so good. Harrison Ford, you know.
2: was this, uh, this was also about the time Air Force One came out?
1: Uh no, Air Force One was like ninety six or seven, maybe. Oh,
2: okay, it was much later. Yeah, then. yeah, gotcha.
0: A
1: few few years later. I Still, like
0: U.S. So or U.S. Marshal a little better because Fugitive. They're in the middle, towards the back third of the movie, slows down some with the investigation with Harrison mm-hmm. Ford, but U.S. Marshals is is pretty action packed from beginning to end.
1: Yeah, and you get Wesley Snipes and Robert Downey Jr. So, yeah. oh man, it just elevated it to uh, from the first one in my opinion
2: all right number one jurassic park oh, uh, great movie um i think it really kind of brought dinosaurs back because i really don't remember having um access to a lot of dinosaur stuff i mean maybe some cheap plastic toys from the drugstore but once jurassic park hit it was you can get sheets and pillowcases and all sorts of sleeping bags everything all sorts of giant dinosaurs inflatable dinosaurs and um yeah i mean it's a great movie i loved it the first time i saw it and honestly the entire trilogy and then the new trilogy it still holds up as the best one of the six so far to me
1: Absolutely, i would
0: agree with that
1: yeah i'm surprised you're not a uh land before time person jeff being a little bit younger than us Yeah, actually, I have seen single uh, sequels that that has been put out. Yeah, literally. My wife
2: still has her little foot stuffed animal from when she was a kid. (laughs) Nice, nice.
0: My youngest was a huge fan of that. Land Before Time. We have the DVDs of everything they ever put out. Oh gosh,
1: (laughs) that was torture. I remember going through some of those, and yeah, I don't know. Well, but, but
0: back to what jeff said though about dinosaurs before that they were kind of few and far between as a kid so this would have been late 80s you would check out books from the library about dinosaurs or you would cover them in science class in elementary school but otherwise they're just dinosaurs were not a trendy topic but when jurassic park came out it changed and dinosaurs have never went away since then yeah imagine
1: what that uh dinosaurs tv show would have happened if it, it came out after jurassic park it would have went right. more than one season but mm-hmm. uh the buzz around jurassic park you know I, I mickey i know we've talked about it probably before uh, the buzz around the mcdonald's uh oh the, yes the cups and it's where you know supersize essentially came from
0: dino size
1: dino size mm-hmm. that came super size. they kept it around and
0: I right, the dino the size sold so well, they decided to keep it even after the promotion ended and just called it super size. Yeah. But now yeah. it's just large. <laughs> that,
1: I was blown away in the theater. I mean, just up to that point, the special effects were the best I had ever seen in film. And it still holds up to this day. I love it. I, w- I just watched the, whatever, 6 one uh, domination re domination whatever it it was awful, totally awful, did not have a <laughs> really much of a plot, it seemed like, or didn 't know it wanted to be, even though that you know the you had uh Sadler and Grant back, and i that 's what I was looking forward to, and they gave him a little something to do, but just go back and rewatch the original trilogy that 's that 's what I do i don 't really the 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 worlds are not eh. You know, this is my Jurassic Park. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I would agree, especially with this first Jurassic Park in 93 uh, and liking it so much. It took forever for number two and three to come out, and I didn't think they were that great. Uh, The one with Vince Vaughn especially was not great. But uh, I didn't mind the first two Jurassic Worlds, but you're right, Jason. That last one, Dominion or something, Domain, it was just not good. It was terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) something. Yeah, but the, well,
2: the uh, series is extinct now. So they killed
1: I'm, it. I'm a big fan of Jurassic Park three. I I am a uh, a fan of that one, just with the actors that they chose for that. But and they did bring uh, Grant back, you know, and yes. uh, Sadler yep. for a little bit. But yeah, the second one kind of dipped, and then I I really like the third one.
2: All right, that wraps up movies.
0: all right <clears throat> well we'll move on to music now and we'll start off with the uh uh top 10 singles of the year then we'll hit albums number 10 informer from snow he got robbed it should be higher <laughs> on the list tenth. <laughs> i <laughs> can't nine. hear that
1: song and not think of jim carrey on in living color
0: yeah <laughs> that was that was good <laughs> Number nine rump shaker from Rex and effect. I had that single. Yep, <laughs> well, yep, I've had yep. both of these singles so far. Yep. Uh, number eight, dream lover from Mariah Carey. Um, I'm not familiar with number seven. If I ever fall in love by Shay, shy, shy, shy. It was, okay. It's an
1: acapella song, at least the, the single version that I knew. And, uh, R&B, just awesome. You know, this time, this early 90s, huge into R&B and dance music, you know.
0: <clears throat> Number six, Week by SMV or SWV. I don't remember that one
1: either. Sisters with Voices.
2: Based on the title, oh. it doesn't stick out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not my favorite of theirs, but it was a big hit.
0: Number five, Freak Me by Silk. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> think yeah. I owned it. Uh, number four, that's the way love goes. Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one surprised me. Number three can't help falling in love. ub 40. Oh, that, that was, was their big. cover. Number, of the Elvis hit. Yeah. Number three. I just didn't huh? think it was. Yeah. I didn't think it was that big. <laughs> I yeah. knew it was big, but not that big. Uh, maybe my personal favorite. Number two. whoop, There it is, but tag team. Oh gosh. <laughs> Party people! Yeah! Tag team music in full effect. That's me, DC, the brain supreme, and my man Steve Roland. We're kicking the flow. We're kicking the flow. And it goes a little something like this again check it, a record let's begin party on party people let me hear some noise dc's in the house jump jump rejoices there's a party over here a party over there wave your hands in the air shake the dairy yeah these three words when you're getting busy whoop that is hit me
1: heck yeah i had that single wore it out
0: now, which one now. did you have? Because at the same time, you also had, uh, <laughs>
1: right, right, Woot, Woot, there yeah. it is, yeah,
0: by 95 <laughs> South. Yep. And then there was a third one by the A Town Players. Uh, it was the original. Uh, you had woop, Woot, and <laughs> something else. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> Maybe no, it woop, was all there about tag
1: team for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then number one, I will always love you by Whitney Houston, the biggest single Which of '93,
1: would, would not disappear from the radio.
2: I was going to say that was number one for over a year, wasn't it, or almost a year?
1: <laughs> it's it's got all the records, I think. Actually, I could be wrong. I think uh, that one with Mariah Carey and Boys to Men finally beat it like consecutive weeks at number one, but it was like I don't know, double digits easy.
0: And uh, the top ten selling complete albums of the year number 10 core from the stone temple pilots oh yeah that's
1: a great album
0: uh number nine the chase from garth brooks that's a good album too number eight was 10 from pearl jam Mm. Uh, then at number seven pocket full of kryptonite by the spin doctors i had that one uh, one that I really enjoyed here. Number six, The Chronic by Dr. Dre.
1: Yeah, everybody had that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> number five, Some Gave All, Billy Ray Cyrus, which oh, had gosh. Achy Breaky Heart yeah, on
1: Yeah, that was so, humongous. Where was that on that list? I mean, because that was a crossover hit too.
0: Yeah, it wasn't in the top ten singles of the year, so hmm. I don't know where it fell. Uh, number four, Janet from janet jackson self-titled album um another one of my favorites from the year number three unplugged eric clapton
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah i prefer that version of layla gosh that's so good
0: the slow version yeah yeah number two jason's favorite album from the year breathless from kenny g (laughs) (laughs) can you believe kenny g was number two for the year it's... I think he's number two all the time myself, but that's... <laughs> uh, no. And number one, anybody care to guess what number one is?
1: Well, if no. uh, if Whitney Houston was number one, it must be the, uh, the soundtrack to Bodyguard.
0: It was the Bodyguard soundtrack yeah. from Whitney yeah. Houston. It became the first album in history Uh to sell over 1 million copies in one week. Wow.
1: Platinum That's pretty in one impressive. Week. That's strong.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I think Kenny G was robbed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe he should have played the Whitney role in The Bodyguard. <laughs> this album could have been. <laughs> and two more music news highlights for the year. June 7th, Prince announced he's changing his name to an unpronounceable symbol, and he kept that oh, yes. until 2000. And then November 18th, Nirvana recorded their Unplugged concert in New York, which that's was one years. of their last live performances. That is probably, besides some random CCR album, that's probably my favorite album ever, Nirvana Unplugged.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I remember you changing your profile picture to that, <laughs> that album. when We did that a while back.
0: Yeah, it, the music is good. But I think knowing what we knew after the fact and then going back and listening to it through the years, it just made it more profound. Knowing what Kurt was going through and hearing the songs he chose from other artists to play on that show. it just uh, He had a lot going on in his, in, in his mind before he took his own life, and you can tell it by listening to that album.
2: I was not a Nirvana fan, and I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline. How long was it? Uh, between the album and when he uh, took his own life.
0: He, they recorded it in November. It was released in the spring of 94 and he took his life before the album come out. I want to say he took his life in like April or may of 94 and the album come out a month or two after that. Mm. And that's part of why it becomes such a big album in 94. Mm -hmm. If we were doing the 94 list, it's probably in the top 10, but that's all I had for music. My next favorite topic, Jeff, gets to cover. Television.
2: Television. (laughs) I have two lists here, two top tens. um, One based on ratings, and the other one was viewer voted based on IMDb. And I'd like to run through them both because, uh, oddly enough, (laughs) there's no crossover between the two. Uh, Wow. (laughs) So going through the uh, ratings... Uh, number 10, CBS Sunday movie. They don't say what movie it was. Number nine, Murphy Brown on CBS. Uh, <laughs> and hey, was six, a big show. 16.3 million people watched uh, a particular episode of Murphy Brown. Uh, Monday Night Football was eight. Frazier on NBC was number seven. Coach was six. Number five, Grace Under Fire. Number four, Roseanne three Seinfeld, two Home Improvement, and the highest-rated show, uh, 60 Minutes, with 21 million people watching.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's because people fell asleep watching football and didn't change the channel. Yeah. Uh, and, and just, that's
1: why the, the Sunday movies at number 10 or whatever it was. <laughs> they just yeah. didn't turn the channel after 60 Minutes. Uh, just, for, wrote.
2: just for comparison, the two highest-rated shows last year – were Sunday night football and Thursday night football. And they only drew 14 million viewers. Wow. So that kind of goes to show how many people don't watch regular
0: TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or, if, or the audience is way more fragmented now too. Yes. There's, there's million so million many ways to watch than there was. There. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I guess not uh, watching TV. I mean uh, they could be watching Netflix. They could be watching, you know, YouTube, They, you know, like you said, it's so fragmented. But the top 10 shows as voted by viewers, according to IMDb, number 10, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, number nine, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I watched it. <laughs> yep. it, was, yep. it was
1: back-to-back with uh, Walker Texas Ranger.
2: Yep. Uh, number eight, Babylon 5. I've never seen it.
1: I've never watched that either. It was and, huge, though.
2: And number seven, Jason, Walker, Texas Ranger.
1: There you go. <laughs> Got robbed.
2: <laughs> number six, The Nanny. Oh, Lord. Yeah. We used to watch that show when I was a kid as a family. and uh, I don't know. I think it's still enjoyable to watch.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched a complete episode.
2: Uh-oh. I can't get past the voice. Yeah. Um. Number five, NYPD Blue. Yeah. Four, Boy Meets World. Next is Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. I'm not a Star Trek fan, so I didn't see that one. Uh, two was Frasier, and one, Mickey, was a show that um, we got a little feedback off the first episode. We left out X Files.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah I was. Yeah, not that would have big... been a good one for X.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, just some other notable things about TV in 1993. The WWF's Monday Night Raw debuts on January 11th. That's what um, got robbed. Yep. Forget Walker. <laughs> on March 8th, Beavis and Butthead premiered on MTV. Um, right.
1: Yep. They just turned 30.
2: In May, uh, Seinfeld's season four finale was given an extra 30 minutes to air the two-part episode of The Pilot, uh, which is the show within a show <laughs> and uh saved by the bell college years also debuted that same day
1: that yep. was rough i remember yep. watching it though yeah
2: the Shockmaster falls flat on his face at wcw's clash of the champions on august 18th yes that's, <laughs> that's memorable uh let's see Fraser Jason, have you
0: seen that uh, i don't think so Okay, when we're done, you need to YouTube the Shockmaster <laughs> debut, <clears throat> and I'll give you a little. <clears throat> they practiced it earlier in the day of him busting through the wall of the set of uh, a flare for the gold. Well, at some point later, somebody thought that wall needed a little more structural support, so they nailed a two by four about knee high <laughs> on the backside.
1: <laughs> and he tripped. And over. he's wearing
0: a he's wearing a helmet that he can't see, and this is his big debut in WCW. It's leading to a major pay-per-view uh, war games match, and they're announcing their mystery partner. And it was all downhill from there. It's just <laughs> like a two-minute clip to watch, but you need to watch it when we're done.
2: <laughs> all right. And he had been he had been tugboat in uh, WWF, hadn't he?
0: Mm-hmm. And typhoon, and, yes.
2: Yeah, and then he was wearing basically a glitter-painted
0: stormtrooper helmet. Correct. Yeah. And a big black fur bear coat.
1: <laughs> all right. I've got it penciled down as soon as we're done. And, Russell,
0: and Rustler Blue Jeans or Huskies, probably Huskies in his case. Oh, gosh. oh, It's fantastic. The helmet falls off and goes rolling, revealing his identity live on TV. <laughs> Forget the mystery partner gimmick.
2: Yeah, all the other wrestlers turn their back because they can't stop laughing. and. <laughs>
0: Well, well if you if you listen to it enough and turn it up when he falls you can hear davy boy smith going he fell on his fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's sting you hear pick the mic picks him up going oh no yeah <laughs> it's
2: either him or rick one or the other mm-hmm. rick flair but uh yeah that's definitely a memorable moment
0: <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up that was great
2: uh, last thing I want to mention about TV in October, the award-winning who shot Aaron Burr milk ad airs for the first time.
0: Not even familiar. Really? Oh
2: my gosh, really? really? It actually won the Clio award, which, uh, I understand is the advertising's version of the Oscars, uh, best ad of the year. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. The guy is a museum. Uh, I don't know what you'd call him. He's a caretaker uh, of the museum uh for Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton and he's listening to the radio one night and somebody asks, you know, the tenth caller that can call, you know, who shot Aaron Burr?
1: <laughs> he's got a mouthful of peanut butter or something. Yeah, right? he was yeah. eating
2: peanut butter. Yeah. But he, so the gist is got milk, uh, you know, clear your mouth so you can win the million dollars or whatever um, it was. Aaron oh, Burr. Aaron Burr. Burr. <laughs> Aaron Burr. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry, huh. what? Oh, to, your time's up.
0: <laughs> I'll have to oh, check that out too. Yeah, go YouTube that. Sports. All so, right. January 3rd, this has been in the news recently as we record this. The comeback Frank Wright lead, led the Buffalo Bills back from a 32 point deficit to defeat the Houston Oilers in overtime mm-hmm. in a wild card playoff game which at the time was the greatest comeback ever in NFL history, only to be eclipsed a few months ago. That's right. Um, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Bills to uh, win the Super Bowl that year, making the Bills the first team to lose three consecutive Super Bowl, Super Bowls. Or Bills. Bills, yeah. In February, Cincinnati Reds owner Marge Schott was suspended for one year due to racist comments. I remember that being a big deal in the, uh, yeah, I do too. the news. 1993 saw the Colorado Rockies and the Miami Marlins both become baseball teams. The first major league baseball expansion in 16 years since 1977. 10 retro points for either one of you who can name one of the two teams who joined in 77. Hmm. Take that as a no. No, they were a few years before that. It was the Mariners and the Blue Jays. Joined in
1: 77.
0: Okay. Um, this was a weird one when I was researching this. I had no knowledge of this. February 23rd, the Sacramento gold miners were established as the first American franchise in the Canadian Football League. Really? Yeah. They only well, lasted two years is probably why we don't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh,
0: March 1st, the NFL introduced the current free agent system. Before that, unless you were traded, you didn't switch teams.
1: I need Um, to bring that back. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, March 4th, the first ESPY Awards aired. Um, Sad news, April 1st, reigning NASCAR Winston Mm -hmm. Cup champion Alan Kowicki perished in a private plane crash en route to Bristol for the Food City 500 race. I remember Mm. that. Story. He wasn't, yep. you know, I live, uh, in case Jeff don't know, I know the listeners don't, I live just a stone's throw from, <clears> throat from Bristol. He was actually almost to his destination where the plane crashed. He was two or three miles from where he was going to land. So, very sad. <clears throat> North Carolina beat Michigan to win uh, the Tar Heels' third national basketball championship, college basketball. Manchester United uh, won the first championship of the new Premier League in soccer.
1: Was that the uh, Fab Five going back a tick there?
0: Um, was that hmm. the
1: uh, the Chris Webber timeout at the end of the game?
0: In 93?
1: Am I remembering that oh, right?
0: I don't really know. I was thinking like maybe 91 for that.
1: I'm going to have to keep going, and I'll I'll look it up.
0: All right, the Montreal Canadiens defeated L.A. Kings to win their 24th Stanley Cup. The Bulls become the first team since the Celtics of the 60s to win three consecutive NBA titles, beating the Phoenix Suns. Um, Man, 93 was a big year in sports. August 15th, Nolan Ryan recorded his 324th and final victory. He would retire. His last game was a loss. Uh, the Mighty Ducks played their first NHL game. Um, October 6th, big news. Michael Jordan announced his retirement from the NBA.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow.
0: Returned a little less than two years later. Yep. Now we just mentioned the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. They were already the defending World Series champions, but they beat the Phillies uh, to clinch their second straight championship. And that was the game that uh, – Joe Carter hit the walk-off home run to win. Joe has had his moments. Two balls and two strikes on him. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Joe Carter hits a three run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life.
1: And that Very was nice. the, uh, the timeout, the Chris Weber timeout.
0: The champions timeout game. when he didn't have one. Yep. Hmm. Nasty. And uh, Dale Earnhardt won another Winston Cup championship at NASCAR. So pretty busy year in sports that year. Uh, Let's see. What have you got for technology, Jeff?
2: All right. So CERN, which I'm not exactly sure what it stands for, but it's a European nuclear research facility uh made the internet open and available to everybody in nineteen ninety three. The oh. first the first web browser was called Mosaic and the world was never the same.
0: No, nope. my life has been better ever since. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think until social media it was better. But
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, I would agree, yes. Of course with the internet comes the need to make money. So the first advertisement is run in late nineteen ninety three and then the first uh, websites to make money off the internet. Can you take a guess?
0: First websites to make money off the internet. Uh,
2: AL. Uh, industry, I'm sorry. I don't actually have the industry. web address, but oh, what oh, industries uh, were the first to make money off the internet?
0: Uh, Music porn. industry?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, pornography and gambling.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: oh, man. Just, just like they say, porn leads the charge with VHS tapes and DVDs and Blu-rays and Yeah, they led the charge with making money off
0: the internet. Um, Well, just spoiler alert, when we get to after hours, this is not the only time we'll be talking about porn tonight, folks. (laughs) Let's move ahead.
1: Uh, Jason knows what's coming. Oh, yes. Oh, (laughs) gosh, I didn't know. In
2: 1995, commercial websites um, like eBay and Amazon began to explode and launched the dot-com boom uh, of the late 90s. And as far as that dot com boom goes, the only one I remember is pets dot com. Uh, obviously, it wasn't in 1983, but while we're talking about it, um, pets dot com had the puppet dog commercial. That's the only one I remember from that era.
0: <laughs> well, let me throw this episode back a little ways. When I was talking about the dark side of the 90s show, there is one whole episode about the dot com boom and a big part of it's about pets dot com or this and how they expanded and blew up famously. So, yeah.
2: uh, Doom, the video game, is released in December of 1993. Uh, my brother used to play this game an awful lot, uh, but it was also the prime reason behind the 1995 U.S. congressional hearings on video game violence. Huh. I guess that and Mortal Kombat. Uh, let's see. Apple shipped the first Newton, which is a... Uh, Personal digital assistant. It was the precursor to the iPad, and it was the first device that could recognize handwriting on a digital screen. Ooh. Yeah, so it was a little tablet, um, a little bigger than a Blackberry, but smaller than an iPad. And uh, they made it up until
0: 1998.
2: Wow. Yeah. I didn't know a thing about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me neither.
2: Uh, Microsoft Windows NT is released in 1993, which is a precursor to Windows 2000. And I never heard of Windows NT before, so I had to look it up. And apparently, the NT stands for network. Uh, it's basically for uh, workstations and server based network computers in an office, which would probably explain why I never saw it before. Yeah. Uh, Mist, either of you play Mist.
0: i'm well aware of what it is but i never played it
2: yeah me too i'm i'm aware of what it is but it was the first person uh or it is a first person journey through an interactive world it was considered the uh best-selling pc game up until 2004
1: wow and it debuted in
2: 1993 and it was also the uh first one to sold as a cd-rom as opposed to a stack of floppy disks that needed to be installed
1: (laughs) oh bring back the floppies yeah those color ones you know the ones you get in like a pack that were the rainbow color you could see through Mm -hmm. yeah bring those Mm -hmm. back
2: and speaking of doom earlier i seem to remember that being a nine disc install on the computer (laughs) (laughs) please insert disc number seven (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I remember some of those. Yeah. I don't think I ever went up to nine though. <laughs> wow. The
2: uh, Sega Genesis was the highest selling uh, video game system in the United States, selling. Suck six-
1: it, Mickey. Six
2: point five million units in 1993, and Super Nintendo comes in second with four point four million.
1: Genesis does what Nintendo don't.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Hey, you know. Mad Dog outsold a whole lot of fine wines, too, Jason. It don't mean that <laughs> it was any better.
1: Uh,
2: the highest grossing arcade game in 1993 was
0: NBA Jam. Of course, that. Of
1: course yep. it was, yeah.
2: Yep. And the last thing I have is Game Informer uh, magazine calls Mortal Kombat the game of the year while the Electronic Gaming Awards named Star Fox the game of the year. I played Star Fox uh, a lot more than I played Mortal Kombat.
0: Yeah,
1: I probably did too. Was Star Fox a
0: Super Nintendo only?
2: I think I had it for N64, which wouldn't have been out in 93. But
0: It was a Nintendo-only
1: product, though. I I think so, because I don't remember ever getting into it
0: when they released the uh, SNES classic there a few years ago, that was one of the big draws was the star Fox two game that was designed and built, but never released back in the day. So it was the first time people got to play it after all this time. Gotcha.
2: And that's all I have for uh, technology in 1993.
0: Well, and I think it, yeah, I think it covers all the categories. Um, of course I mentioned at the start of the show that, uh, Here's some more of the uh, main news articles, and uh, we've got a few more fun things like the the price of stuff from back in the 90s, 1993 specifically, uh, and some other fun stuff in our after-hours show. And the way you hear the after-hours show is at the Retro Network, we have a VIP membership program through Patreon. You can go to theretronetwork.com, and up in the top menu bar, uh, click on VIP access, and it'll take you to Patreon where you can sign up for just $5 a month. And uh, you get, uh, my gosh, Jason, any idea where we're up to now on exclusive episodes of podcasts there? It's in the hundreds now, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's definitely in the hundreds. I think the last time I counted, maybe 130, something like that. But yeah, most of those are our old after hours. And then we had the uh, drive-in 95 series that we have yet to complete that we need to since we're in the 90s. (laughs) right oh gosh
0: yeah you are yeah yeah <laughs> i told you i told you 3 years ago we'd get to it quit nagging yeah, me
1: yeah yeah you're such a completist
0: yeah i know uh the grocery stories podcast that's right uh, yours and my original podcast the retro network podcast all those episodes
2: mm-hmm. uh, i have to tell you as
0: of, a go
2: uh, ahead. sorry as a listener i have to tell you the grocery store uh stories are some of the most fun I've ever listened to on a podcast.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you. I have actually, uh, in my new role at work, got to know a guy in the office up there and been telling him some of the grocery stories and it's fun watching him almost wet his pants them. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it makes it funnier that, uh, a revelation. One of the stories I told he ended up, he's like, Oh my gosh, this guy. I'm like, yeah, he goes, that's my wife's, sister stepson i'm like oh yeah we'll ask him about it when you see him again (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but anyway there's also plenty of exclusive written articles jason and i have posted personal pictures through the years there's been some all kinds of exclusive videos from our wax pack flashback series and such Mm -hmm. a ton of content there for five dollars a month to go back and revisit now that the gnarly 90s has launched and we're Working on a semi regular basis. It's been a rough start for me, but uh, there will be some new after hours episodes dropping usually the same day as the main episode of the Gnarly 90s. We'll drop Gnarly 90s uh, in the free feed in the morning. After hours will drop that night for you to continue the listening. Uh, one of the, I ain't gonna say most famous, my personal favorite gimmick for the after hours show when we would do a specific year was talking about the. Uh, AVN awards for that year which is the adult video awards uh because again it's fun listening to jason wet himself on the other end of the phone (laughs) and uh, so in addition to the other 90s news stories and prizes and such we're going to do a few highlights from the 11th annual AVN awards so look forward to that in after hours but we want to say thanks to jason for joining us on this episode well
1: thanks sir thank you
0: And if uh, you listeners have any feedback, feel free to hit us up at TRN social on Twitter and anywhere else you like to apply your social media trade. Uh, Jeff at the astronaut Pen on Twitter and myself. I'm at yesterdayville on Twitter as well. I don't really uh, navigate too many other social media networks these days. So if you don't hit me on Twitter, you're not going to find me at all. Generally.
2: Yeah, same here. Uh,
0: and as a thank you to Jason to coming on here, folks, Jason runs rediscover the 80s.com, which is a fantastic website. But his new passion project is the weekly, well, 80s weekly newsletter where he dives into the 80s and sends out all kinds of cool stuff. Not to mention the awesome giveaways for free in every issue. And I'd be better off to let Jason tell you how to find that so you can check it out.
1: Oh, just go to the80sweekly.com is where you can subscribe for free. And it's a weekly newsletter. I do some updates sometimes during the week. And there's a premium version of that now that you can get an extra one. I'm calling Beyond the 80s Weekly on Wednesday, which is about more or less 90s pop culture. And and don't forget on the Retro Network here, I've got two shows going on right now. The Greatest Lists with our buddy Eric. And then I am the person behind... uh, doing the producing for rental return which is now it's in its uh third season
0: i thought we only discussed one plug for this appearance i'm not sure <laughs> i'm
1: on the retro <laughs> network i might as well get it in
0: right yeah we have a lot of hopefully newer listeners here on the gnarly 90s who are not real familiar with the history of the retro network but jason and myself founded the retro network as a home for retro-minded and nostalgic creators and jeff joined us a plus tons of other cool creators and all kinds of nostalgia and stuff at the retro There's more than just the gnarly nineties podcast. There's many others to subscribe to. If you want to relive the eighties and nineties thousand written articles about everything you can imagine from the last few decades. So go check it out and see everything we have to offer.
2: And one thing you, uh, you may have mentioned, but I didn't catch it a benefit to signing up on Patreon is the VIP lounge it's a great oh, yes. group chat of all patreon members and trn staff uh and honestly it's some of the most fun i have every day is seeing what people come up with and uh thrift store finds and other <laughs> retro <laughs> items as Jason recently as relapsed lying. yes yes <laughs> i
1: relapsed and yes today i went and uh got a double down from kfc and i wish everybody uh Farewell, in case I didn't make it through the mill.
0: (laughs) You know, um, and not because we launched it or whatever, but I've told the wife many times that our VIP lounge, uh, how do I want to say this? It's like the best of the internet. It's no political. There's no drama. It's just Folks who have got to know each other, share our lives with each other with a ton of retro nostalgia talk and pictures and videos shared. And uh, to what Jeff said, it, it's one of the best parts of my day, too, logging on multiple times a day and seeing what's going on. It's like its own little social network, but without all the pitfalls of the social network. Yeah. So, yeah, good point to bring that up, Jeff. Thank you. And not that it matters to anybody who's not already there, but it may be undergoing some changes here in the very near future to make it even more exciting. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But if that's everything, then that is all for this episode of the gnarly nineties podcast. If you liked it, tell all your friends about it. If you didn't keep it to yourself and uh, for what (laughs) I've used that sign off before. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than the other one. Uh, <laughs> well, if you weren't going to say it, I actually was. So, <laughs> Oh, okay. We're good. Yep. But, but thank you all for listening, and uh, please subscribe on your favorite app and leave us a review, hopefully five stars. And until next time, this is Mickey for myself and Jeff and Jason. We'll talk to you next time. podcast has been brought to you by The Retro Network. For more 90s nostalgia, visit theretronetwork.com where you'll find even more podcasts as well as original videos, written features, contests, and more. Tell them Mickey and Jeff scene.